The dynamic of how pharmacies operate has shifted dramatically over the past few years. We're well beyond the point of pharmacies just being a place to pick up your prescriptions. They're a critical part of any community. But with this shifting dynamic, how can pharmacies more efficiently manage bookings, client management, patient records, and all the other challenges, while keeping their process seamless for both the pharmacist and the patient. With me today on the podcast is Hamish McKellar, the founder of Fluga, and in this episode we talk about the shift from workplace vaccinations to pharmacy services, the expanding scope of services for pharmacists and the need for robust yet flexible technology solutions, and the importance of creating a streamlined and user-friendly experience. Collaboration starts with a conversation, Team Health Tech. Let's make it happen. This is Talking Health Tech with me, Peter Birch, featuring content and community about technology in healthcare. Between now and the end of June, we're conducting the 2024 Talking Health Tech audience survey. This helps us prioritize content, hone in key messages, and refine the show to make it even better. We also want to understand who the biggest cohorts of our audience are. So I'd love for you to take five or 10 minutes to have your say and complete the survey. Everyone who completes it goes in the draw to win a share of $1,000 worth of THT Plus membership credits to put towards a membership for yourself as an individual or to help get the word out about your company. The link to complete the survey is in the show notes of this episode or just go to talkinghealthtech.com slash survey. Hello, Hamish. How are you? Good. Good. Thanks, Pete. How are you? Good. Good to see you. Thanks for joining for this conversation today. Um, It's great to have you in the studio. Tell us a little bit more about you and what you do. So I am the founder and owner of Fuga. Fuga established in 2020 as a corporate health management platform um, and has evolved significantly since then. But yeah, originally um, sort of in that corporate health space, helping companies coordinate vaccinations at the workplace, the staff, wages, rostering, all that sort of stuff, but also bookings and, and client management. And during COVID, we won some contracts that uh, that allowed us to, um, I guess, significantly upsize our business and look at other areas. And during COVID, we could see vaccinations were going from the workplace into pharmacy. And so it sort of gave us the trigger to have a look at pharmacy and see what sort of platforms were available there. Um, and we realized that there was a big, big gap there. Um, so yeah, so we we remodeled our A version of our system for pharmacy and uh, that's sort of where we're at at the moment. Yeah, got you. Yeah. So so you saw a trend that, um, you know, because I, I remember quite a while ago, you know, 20 years ago, I'd go into, um, you'd mm. have your annual flu vaccine program and your employer would sort that out and you go into a, to, you know, the boardroom or whatever and, and, and get your vaccine. So yeah. you're saying that the trend is moving towards not, not so much doing it through your employer, but through pharmacies? Yeah, definitely through COVID. That was a big push. Um, we could see a lot of, I, mean, I guess with lockdowns, everybody mm. being at home anyway, um, it meant that, yeah, there just wasn't that volume going through the workplace that there was beforehand. So it just meant that um, we had a look at, I guess, for us, that was an emerging market. It was an obvious one for us to have a look at. Um, and yeah, so sure enough, there were vaccines definitely moving into that space, but there was also a bigger, bigger gap um, in terms of you know, online bookings for, for pharmacies, but also patient management, um, patient record keeping, mm. um, uploading data to the immunization register, you know, that sort of stuff. There, there were solutions, but they were 
hodgepodge and sort of pulled together at the last second when COVID rolled out. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, um, so we sort of tackled it in the, with the approach of providing a full end to end solution for pharmacy that meant, um, you know, pharmacists would be able to access all those services from one platform without having to log in and out and change, you know, what they're doing, interrupt their daily workflow. Yeah. And so Fuiga provides that solution for them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I think about it the other way too, and, and, and how pharmacy has evolved over a longer period of time. Uh, there's you know, th- this increasing discussion of how much a pharmacist does and where, that, where their scope of services mm-hmm. lies and then it ends. And we've, you, know, you go to a lot of pharmacies now, they've got consult rooms and there's other things that yeah. pharmacists are very capable of doing. And, and not, not just from the pharmacist side, but also the consumer kind of hopes or, or even expects that the pharmacist will be able to do. Tell me a little bit more how you've seen that scope of service kind of um, expand for a pharmacist. Yeah, the scope of practice has changed dramatically and, and the government is all the time expanding on that. So, um, for example, the contraception pill and, uh, and the uh, antibiotics for urinary tract infections, those sorts of things, are being expanded out around the country through different state um, so a little state rollouts. And so the, the, I guess the where Fuiga really comes to shine is when a new product like that is needed for pharmacy to be able to offer it to their patients, we provide the system that allows the pharmacy to do that straight away. Um, so they don't have to come to us and ask us to develop out a, a product for them. They they can do it themselves. So using Fuiga, the pharmacist can build the product in about 10 or 15 minutes. Um, and then once they're happy with it, they save it and it's live on the platform. So the scope of practice as it changes using Fuiga means that pharmacists can easily adjust to that change um, within a few minutes rather than waiting for a software development company mm. to build out the product, um, which takes time. It's costly, um, but but you know, most of all, it means that often you get a product that is already old than <laughs> too old for what you want it to be used for. And so... Yeah, we, we give them, we give the, the, the pharmacies the ability to build the products themselves, uh, and be able to modify and change the scope, um, of the software that they're using to, to fit in with what they need it to do. Yeah. I imagine, you know, that, yeah, yeah that, that makes a lot of sense. I guess from a pharmacist's point of view, you don't want to have one platform to manage your travel vaccines and then another platform to manage, you know, dispensing contraception or whatever it might be. So, so the being able to have a flexible tool to manage that, and I guess in, I imagine it's incorporated into the workflow to the pharmacist too. From 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 a clinician side, that's very important, no doubt. From a pharmacist, that's really important. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So being able to build those products into their current workflow um, is really important. So. Um, getting them to get used to using a booking system for those services as well, which is quite important so that they are able to then manage that workflow themselves internally so that the patient has an experience that, um, you know, is what they'd expect rather than just turning up and waiting around for an appointment. Yeah. That sort of thing. We, we, we really push, even if they do turn up to the store, they use our system to, to book in to the next available slot. Um, and the pharmacist then, you know, sort of picks them up and feeds them, or, you know, takes them through that journey of that um, that workflow for the patient. And it just means that the the pharmacist too has a structure to how they handle that that workflow as well, rather than just sort of, um, you know, oh hi, okay, better go and get something ready for yeah. you. To do. <laughs> so yeah, the structure is already there, and the pharmacist just follows that workflow. That's really important too. That that patient user experience as well. I was thinking about the workflow from the the pharmacist side, but it, 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 in a world where 
you know, retail pharmacy as an example is is very much it says it in the name. It's it's a consumer's expectation might be to to have a similar experience they have in any retail bricks and mortar setting. Uh, you know, they've come into the pharmacy for, for an experience uh, from a from a pharmacist's point of view in terms of retention and customer service and just generally. Um, being a good social citizen, being able to provide a good experience for the patient is going to be really important. That's right. And giving them one spot to keep all their records yeah. together as well so the, ph- the patient can log back into the pharmacy's uh, website and then see all their history for, for that pharmacy uh, in one one easy, so I guess still one really easy location, which is, which is really important. It also gives them the ability to rebook. Um, so if they do want to come back next month or next year or whatever it might be, they can just log in and rebook yeah. again. Um, which is just a really nice, yeah, sort of, I guess, end cap to, to keep it all together for the, for the patient and for the pharmacy. Yeah. How do you think about this, um, you know, sometimes competing dynamic of you, you want to make it really easy to, to access and use and a streamlined process for the, for the um, pharmacist and the patient, but you're dealing with sensitive information. You want the data to be secure. So when you're creating this platform that needs to be flexible and agile, but also, um, a, a delight to use. Uh, none of those words seem to be in the definition of a, you know, a, a secure and boring platform. How's that tension going? Yeah. So I guess we we've be, we've built the platform. Well, my background has been been in big data and IT security sort of for for twenty years, and so we built the platform with security at yeah at number one. It's our number one pillar of our business. I think of it probably. 80% of the day <laughs> um, is all about IT security and data, data sovereignty and protection. Um, and so I guess, yeah, we, we, we have built the platform with, with that in mind. And then second to that is usability. So, you know, we are collecting medical records. So there are uh, a lot of security protocols that we follow and that we enforce on the, even the development process so that um, you know, no one has access to that data except for the end user. Yeah, making sure that it's all, you know, compliant, all the code and, and our work is compliant to ISO standards. Um, yeah, and making sure that security is ticked off each time we make a change. But also the functionality and the design of that process is in line with our ISO 2701 standards and, and HIPAA compliant standards yeah. as well. I, mag- yeah. I imagine then like partnering with, so I've gone through the, the you know, relevant due diligence process with you know any large institution they require to complete a very in-depth spreadsheet or form but often then you're you're leaning on the infrastructure that you've you've utilized to, to be able to talk about some of that um expertise right so being able to partner on that yeah. side is really important yeah absolutely and we we've just recently started 2023 we've partnered with google cloud so we, we've migrated our entire network across to google cloud um, for that reason like they they provide us with some incredible security standards that you just you know almost impossible for a business our size to be able to get access to um but they they offer it as part of their service or part of their offering um yeah and so so that was one of the big reasons why we moved to to google cloud um because of the it well for starters the ease of use of their net, net network services meant that we can implement the protocols that we yeah. wanted to implement um, easily and cost effectively, but also, you know, rolling out to other countries. That meant that we can easily spin up services um, in the US and New Zealand, over in Europe, you know, those sorts of areas without um, without you know, huge startup costs, which uh, which would make it 
um, impossible for someone like us to be at two out of the Yeah, no, you wouldn't be able to do it another way. The Talking Health Tech podcast has evolved a lot over the years, all based on audience feedback. Now I need your help, yes, you, to shape the future of this show. Between now and the end of June, we're running our biggest campaign to date in order to understand what makes the global healthcare ecosystem tick. Last time we ran our Talking Health Tech audience survey, we learnt 40% of our audience are clinicians, 77% of our audience tune in for professional development and market awareness, 8% of people listen to Talking Health Tech for competitor profiling, and only 2% of people listen to the podcast to fall asleep. And this time around, I can't wait to find out about your preferences for audio versus video content, which topics we should dive into more, preferences for hosts and formats and geographical reach and so much more. And don't worry, we'll be sharing all the insights once all the responses are collected as well. So if you're a supporter of Talking Health Tech and you can spare five or ten minutes, please complete our 2024 audience survey. And to say thanks for your input, everyone who completes the survey goes into the draw to win a share of $1,000 worth of credits towards THT Plus membership. Go to talkinghealthtech.com slash survey or the links in the show notes of this episode as well. The That's an interesting point. That, yeah. you know, so so the, uh, the platform's available globally. What, what kind of differences do you see in, in what the Australian market demands versus other, other parts of the world? Probably the biggest difference between the US and Australia is the US pharmacies want to get the latest technology they can get their hands on. So it's, it's a different sell <laughs> to, to the Australian pharmacies. The Australian pharmacy or healthcare industry want a, um, want a proven old platform that uh, has experience yeah. and knowledge. <laughs> um, and you have to be able to go in and sell that. So, you know, we've done fairly well in being able to sell our knowledge and our, and our experience, but we haven't got experience as a platform in the Australian healthcare system yet, but we're getting there. So we are making inroads. <laughs> but in the US, it's a different story. It's basically tell us how new and how right. fast your software is yeah. and they'll sign up. So yeah, yeah. So it is very different, but, um, um, yeah, we, we have a lot of knowledge and experience in the business from healthcare as well as in IT and IT security. So that combined really brings together a really powerful product. Uh, and I, I can see in the next five or six years, we'll all be in 99% of pharmacies in Australia. So yeah, I, I can see in the next five to six years, Fluigo will be in 80 to 90% of pharmacies just because of the way we've approached the, the technology and how we're bringing it to pharmacy, but also how we're bringing it to the patients um, and giving access to the pharmacy, giving access to the pharmacy with the data um, that they need to be able to get back to patients. So things like being able to market back to patients and, you know, get them back in for follow-up checks or, you know, repeat scripts, that sort of thing. It's uh, really important for us to be able to get that data easily to the pharmacist and have, you know, good access to that so that they can use it the way they need to rather than, you know, holding Mm. the data ourselves and, um, you know, sort of protecting it as if it's, you know, not their data. It's real, realistically, it's designed by the pharmacy, not us. And so, you know, for them to have access. Well, that's to a good point in itself, isn't it? The, the 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 ownership of data in that kind of flow where you've got patient information, you've got pharmacists spinning up information. Likely, there there could be chains of pharmacies. Like, it, it, there's all kind of permutations that that you need. And I guess from a vendor's point of view, 
yes, there's a lot of value and opportunity that exists within the data that potentially you could then do lots of interesting things with. But yeah, like you say, in the end, it comes back to the the the, the pharmacy having the the ownership and control of that data. Is that kind of how you think about it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so we don't we don't see, we I guess we are the gatekeepers in terms of looking after the data and storing it, but we don't own it. So if the pharmacist wants to move somewhere else, then they can do that. They can um, extract the data and import it into a different platform if they want to. Um, but in terms of accessing the data and being able to use it accordingly um, yeah, and, and appropriately, I mean, in terms, it has to be in line with privacy standards and that sort of thing. But if they want to, um, you know, invite customers to come back for, say, another flu vaccine 12 months later, you know, they can do that really easily within our platform. They don't need to contact us and organize us to, to build a you know, mm. marketing campaign for them, they can do it, do it all within the same. You touched platform. on the Australian privacy principles, and that's super important. And I was thinking about the how how globally scalable it all is. But but like like any healthcare system, everyone's got their own nuanced rules and regulations and requirements. And Australia is is no exception. I know a little bit about it because there'd have to be integrations and and connections through to different bits of the system, right? Like the, I imagine the Australian um, immunization register is, is yeah. that it. And there's probably a few other kind of bits and pieces to how do you keep across all, all, all those and making sure they're kind of connected in? Well, I guess for us, um, vaccinations were the, were the big ticket item yeah. for us in terms of a product to offer to the pharmacy. So pharmacy then takes that product and offers it to, the, to their end clients or their booking system. Um, but for us, vaccinations were the hardest because it had um, requirements that, needed to be sent to the government. So through the immunisation register, we sent um, vaccination details. And so there's requirements that they enforce on us to be able to get that data to them. But there's also a whole lot of other um, complexities behind vaccination. So you know, things like cold chain, cold chain compliance, making sure the vaccines are um, you know, in date and you know, valid to be given to that person. So there might be um, online consent that would um, you know, validate the fact that you can have a vaccine. Um, so all that sort of stuff is built into the platform so that when the pharmacist gets to the point of giving the vaccine, it's really only a couple of data points that they have to enter in um, because the whole, you know, checks and balances have happened before the patient's got there. Um, and so there's a lot of work that goes in behind the scenes to make sure that that patient mm. is at that right point um, and is able to receive that vaccine. So whether it be, you know, pre-vaccination questionnaires or consent process, it gets to the point where um, they're only attending that appointment because they're yeah, gosh, able to, essentially. Um, so the software, nice. software no, coordinates all of that. Yeah. Thinking then about, you know, like wh where you're at now and how, how the offerings evolved and the focus, you know, there's a few uh, exciting opportunities there. Where, where are your priorities going to be over the next 6, 12, 24 months? Hamish, how, what, are we, what can we look forward to seeing from Fluka? And so we, we're working on a few uh, large contracts at the moment, which we will be releasing more details on in the early January 2024. Um, so we're really excited about that. It's we The work that we're working on at the moment will revolutionize how that how that that platform interacts with the pharmacy uh, going forward so we're super super excited about that it's a really big step up from the platform as it is now um and that will be rolled out across the country in australia um later in 2024 which is really exciting for us it's it's a it's a really big uh i guess market share opportunity for us 
Um, and then on top of that, too, expansion in the US uh, is sort of our, towards our other priorities. So our offerings in the US is also growing and um, the number of stores over there yeah, uh, that are picking up the software is, is also growing. So 2024 will give us the opportunity to put some funding over there and really push that as well. Well, Hamish, I'll put the details for Fluger in the show notes of this episode. You, you mentioned Google Cloud and the partnership you've got there too, we'll, we'll, uh, who are proud THT Plus members, so we'll include that in the notes as well. I really appreciate you making the time to come and have a chat on the podcast, mate. Thank you so much. No worries. Thanks, Pete. Hey, thanks for sticking around to the end of this episode. If you made it this far, you're the perfect person that I want to hear from. Our THT Plus audience survey is now open until the end of June. And I personally read every submission. In fact, if you leave a comment in the survey that you heard this promotion in a podcast episode, I promise I'll reply directly to you by email with a personal note of thanks. And I'll even buy your coffee next time I see you in person. It's pretty easy. Just go to talkinghealthtech.com slash survey and have your say. For more content and community about technology and healthcare, visit talkinghealthtech.com.